And Luke chapter 19 details that account of Zacchaeus' life. If you have it, amen. Say amen. 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 Luke chapter 19, verse number 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. Amen. Someone say he was a filthy sinner. He was a filthy, rotten sinner. Amen. He's, the Bible says he was chiefest among the publicans. Amen. But he was also rich. And I've said this before. Amen. This was a filthy, rich man. Amen. He was filthy rich. He was full of riches, but he was full of filth. Amen. His life was filled with filth. And the Bible says he sought to see Jesus, who he was. Amen. I don't know what you've come here tonight for. Amen. But if you've come to see Jesus, amen, you've come to the right place. And the Bible says he could not for the press because he was little of stature. He was short. Amen. He was vertically challenged. Amen. You can say all different sorts of ways, but he had some limitations in his life. Amen. And many of us, amen, we can look at Zacchaeus and say, well, that, that short little dude that was a sinner had a lot of money. He couldn't get to God. We can look down on him, but we have our own limitations just like Zacchaeus. And we have to learn to overcome our limitations, amen, and our inhibitions that we might reach him, that we might get to where he is. And the Bible says, verse number four, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. Amen. He didn't walk. Amen. He expressed urgency in his desire. Amen. To touch God, to find God, to see him. And there was urgency. Amen. He said, I'm not going to allow any limitations, any obstacles to get in my way. I'm going to run. I'm going to get to where I need to be. And I'm going to humble myself and climb up in the sycamore tree that I might simply see him. I just want to see him. Amen. It first starts with the direction of your eyes. Amen. What are you looking at tonight? Do you have your eyes? Amen. Are you trying to find where Jesus is with your eyes? Are you trying to put your attention upon him tonight? Amen. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. And saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. Amen. The greatest honor, amen, the honor of a lifetime to have Jesus visiting you in your home. Amen. And he made haste and came down. Again, Zacchaeus making haste. Amen. There's urgency. There's desire. There's determination in Zacchaeus' heart to see Jesus. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Amen. Even in spite of the breakthrough that Zacchaeus was experiencing at the time, people were criticizing him. People were mocking him. People were, uh, they were mocking Jesus and saying, how dare he have a, a, a meal with a sinner? And the Bible says in verse number 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord. Amen. He stood and said unto the Lord. And with that boldness, amen, that we've got to have when we come before the Lord. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I will restore him fourfold. 
Amen. There was repentance. There was genuine sorrow in Zacchaeus' heart as he approached God. It was boldness and it was repentance. And it was urgency in Zacchaeus' heart and in his life as it came to approaching Jesus. And verse number 9 And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. And verse number 10, a verse that is somehow, if you're not careful, it's kind of thrown in there to kind of give you a different perspective to this story. Because up to this point, we see Zacchaeus reaching. We see Zacchaeus going to where Jesus was. And we think that it's all about Zacchaeus searching Amen. But in fact, amen. Verse number 10 lets us to know for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. In fact, amen. It was Jesus that was looking for Zacchaeus. It was Jesus that was looking for him. And I want to preach tonight on this simple thought. God wants it more than you do. Amen. Somebody say that with me. God wants it more than I do. Amen. God wants it more than you do. Amen. Could we set our Bibles aside and ask the Lord to help us and to anoint us and to keep his hand upon us tonight. God, we love you tonight, Jesus. God, I give you all of the praise and all of the worship, Father. I'm praying tonight, God, for that anointing of the Holy Ghost, God, to settle upon us tonight, God. And I'm praying, God, that this service tonight would be, Lord, a catalyst that would move us forward yet some more in God, further in revelation, further in understanding tonight. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We give you glory and honor. We worship you. We magnify you. Amen. Before you're seated, could you clap your hands into the Lord and just worship you with a clap? Hallelujah. Clap your hands, all you people. And shout it to God with the voice of time. Oh, we worship you, Father. God bless you and you can be seated tonight. Amen. The story of Zacchaeus, amen, is, seems to have a, a thought, amen, behind it that it is Zacchaeus who is searching, amen, for Jesus. And, and there are things in our lives that we are desirous of, amen, but we must realize that God is the one that put that desire in our hearts. Amen. That desire to, to serve the Lord, that desire to, to know Him, that's just something that God put in the heart of man. There's a void in each and every one of our lives that only God can fill. Yeah. Amen. I want some young people to hear me tonight. Amen. There is a void that you will discover in your teenage years. Amen. That can only be filled by the touch of God. Amen. You would think, amen, I can go out and I can play basketball all day long and I'm guilty as charged. I did that many times. Amen. I had a lot of fun when I was a young person. Amen. But I begin to realize that there is a place in my heart. Amen. That basketball, the joys of playing basketball cannot feel. There's a place in my heart that the love of my parents cannot satisfy. There's a place, amen, inside of me. Amen. That a college degree could not do for me. Amen. There's a place in 
and a beautiful baby could not do for me. There is a place in my heart and there's a place in your heart that is designed by God. Amen. That somewhere along the way, you and I, amen, along different points in the world of life, come to grips with the fact that I've got to have God in my life. It's only Jesus Christ that can feel the joy in my life. And in my heart of hearts tonight, Hallelujah, Zach, this reach, amen, for, amen, experiencing all that the world had to offer. No doubt the Bible tells us he was rich, amen, he probably spent all of his waking days into making money, he probably spent all his time into expanding his portfolio and acquiring properties and investing in real estate and, 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 uh, and offering up CDs and all these different investment tools. He probably spent, no doubt, countless hours and weeks and months, maybe even years, amen, preparing that he might become filthy rich and thinking, amen, if I just can become rich, I can have that happiness. I can have that uh, void, amen, feeling in my heart. But alas, along the way, Zacchaeus come to grips with the fact that the riches that I've got, amen, the 4,000 square foot home that's overlooking the countryside on one end and the lake on the other side, amen, and having all the children and all the things that life has to offer does not meet, amen, the void, does not meet the need in my life. And so he no doubt began to dabble perhaps along the way into sinful pleasures, into committing sins. Amen. The Bible says he was the chiefest of publicans. Amen. You would tell, amen, perhaps your story before God found you and how you were in sin. Amen. And there are different, amen, if you will, uh, types of sinners. Amen. There are some that they just don't go to church. They just uh, they just don't want to live for God. They just are good people. And then there's other people that they you look at their lives and you think your life is messed up from top to bottom. Amen. Your marriage is in distress. Amen. Your amen. It seems like you're in sin all the time. You're just getting drunk. You're getting high. You're committing sin after sin, going from one relationship to another. Amen. Such was the life of Zacchaeus, no doubt, indulging in sin and trying to find, amen, where that void in his life could be filled. Amen. Young person, tonight you're going to try a lot of things in this world. Amen. But I'm going to tell you tonight that there is a void in your life that can only be filled by the presence of God. When you find, amen, a place of prayer and you find yourself in God's presence with the tears begin to stream down your cheeks. Amen. And begin to go through Phoenix after Phoenix, wiping your tears, wiping your nose, realizing that that moment in their life this is the best thing in life. The best thing in life is still getting in His presence because it's in His presence that there's fullness of joy. But it was God that put that desire in Zacchaeus' life. It was Jesus Christ, amen, that was allowing some things to take place in Zacchaeus' life. Perhaps along the way, Zacchaeus thought, I've been doing a lot of things trying to find fulfillment and trying to find something to fill the void. And why can I not experience that true joy, that true peace? What does it take? Amen. What is the meaning of life? I don't know all the questions that Zacchaeus had. But God was looking for Zacchaeus. 
Zacchaeus probably thought, amen, I don't know all the different thoughts that went through Zacchaeus' mind, amen, but it was Jesus Christ that made it a point one day, I'm going to go through Jericho because there's a man, amen, by the name of Zacchaeus that I've been looking for, amen, it's not, or if I came last year or last month, even yesterday, it wouldn't have been the right time, but right now, it's time for me to go to Jericho because Zacchaeus has reached the pinnacle of this sinful, wicked life. And Zacchaeus realizes I need Jesus in my life. Amen. God allows some things to happen in Zacchaeus' life that would bring him to that place of utmost urgency where he would run, amen, to the sycamore tree. And when Jesus showed up, he would make haste to get down because there was an urgency in his life. Amen. There's nothing more disappointing or discouraging or frustrating than someone that comes to church. And they're, eh. You know, if he heals me, if, he, if, if I get the Holy Ghost, if, I, if God touches me, that's okay. If not, well, you know. But when we come, we say, God, I'm gonna, I've got to make haste. I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to get there early to church. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray fervently because the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. God, there's going to be some fervency. There's going to be some urgency in my my consecration, my my reaching out to God, my dedication to God. Amen. Zacchaeus showed a few elements in his character, in in his attitude, that there was urgency. Amen. When was the last time you got before God and said, God, it's urgent, God, that you move right now. God, I just want to touch you right now. God, I've got to experience the infilling of the Holy Ghost all over again. I've got to get it, God, fresh in my soul. Hallelujah. God's putting in your hearts, in the, in the hearts of the family members of this church, desires, amen, voids, if you will, even as well, voids, amen, and it's only because God is searching for where you are, God's seeking, amen, what do I got to do to give Brother Nate's attention, what do I got to do to give Brother Noah's attention, that I've got to go to where he is, because this is the moment when Brother Noah's ready, this is the moment, and I will tell you tonight that God wants it more than you do, as much as Zacchaeus desired to have a relationship with God as much as Zacchaeus desired deliverance from his wicked, sinful life. God wanted it more than Zacchaeus. As much as you desire some things in prayer, church, as much as you pray for your family members to be saved, and you pray for financial blessings, and you pray for healing in your family's bodies, and you pray for all down, on down the list, all of these different things I want to tell you tonight. God wants it more than you do. You say, how could that be? Amen. Because the God of glory, he is invested in this church and he's invested in the Rodriguez family, in the Strickland family. He's invested in the Sandoval family and he wants the blessings. He wants to pour out his spirit more than you do. Hallelujah. When I came to God for the first time, amen, reaching up my hands. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Ghost. I had that desire of an 11-year-old boy. Amen. I said, God, I just want what you have for me. But I want to tell you tonight, more than I wanted the Holy Ghost, at 11 years old, God wanted to give it to me. More than I wanted it. And more than Zacchaeus wanted, 
deliverance more than Zacchaeus wanted reconciliation with God. God wanted more than Zacchaeus. Amen. Sometimes we don't think that we're good enough, we're worthy enough. We don't think that God really cares that much about our family, that God really cares that much about our lives. But I want to tell you today, Psalms 56 and verse number 8, Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle, and they not, are they not in thy book? When you thought you were just meandering your way through life, when you thought you were just kind of going about your normal course of a day, you thought you were just kind of wandering, skirting through, getting by, you thought nobody really cared, it didn't really matter what happened from here and to the now, amen, but I want to tell you that he was watching your very wanderings. Before Zacchaeus was even searching for God, before Zacchaeus was even uh, even heard about Jesus, uh, Amen, coming to Jericho that day, Amen. I want to tell you that Jesus knew about Zacchaeus' wanderings through life. Jesus saw Zacchaeus as he was trying to make money and get indulged in sin and all of these different things. Jesus had his eyes upon Zacchaeus. He was he was telling of his wanderings. The Bible says. Tears that Zacchaeus cried. Amen. The Bible says that according to Psalms 56 and 8, that those tears were being bottled up. They were being bottled up. In the American culture, we don't have a tear bottle. The closest thing we know about is tear jerkers. Amen. But the Hebrew people had a tear bottle a few years ago. Or I should say, like my dad used to always say the other day. Amen. It was about eight years ago. 2008, no, wait, wait, 10 years, no one's paying attention. 10 years ago, 2008, we went to uh, the nation, the country of Israel, and uh, we were there, and uh, we had a good time, and we did a lot of looking at all the different things that they had there in the, the Holy Land, and uh, we went to a particular store. Uh, where they told us this is where all the good all the good stuff is going to be. You want to buy all your souvenirs here. Of course, that place was marked up pretty high, and so we had spent most of our money on just a few objects. Uh, and then later on in the trip, we would go to the marketplace and find everything for dirt cheap. Of course, by that time we were broke, and it was the last day. So, but needless to say, one of the objects that they had for sale was a little uh, glass bottle. A jar, if you will, and the bottles that we have they have a circular spout. Uh, but this particular bottle, uh, it had it came to a, a uh, it came to a little spout. But one side of that spout was had a little uh, little thing that kind of went off. I don't know how to explain it really. Uh, it was a point. It was a pointed side on one into that little top, and that particular type of bottle was the Hebrew ladies, they would use that bottle when they would cry, when they would uh, express their emotions, and they would collect their tears, and they would kind of, you would hold that little bottle to your eye, and that little bottle uh, would collect the tears that a woman would cry through the years of her growing up. Uh, And when the woman was of age and she was uh, ready to be married, uh, by that time, that bottle of tears would be full, and she would give that bottle to her, her fiance, and that would be a uh, that would be something that she would you know give to her 
fiance and let her let him know uh, this is my heart. This is my soul. I'm giving I'm giving you the, the depths of my soul. I'm giving you my heart. Does that make sense tonight? Amen. The, the women, they would they would have these tear bottles and they would give that to their fiance. And the Bible makes reference to that in Psalms 56 and 8 uh, to show you how valuable you and I are tonight. That God, amen, is watching you when you're just meandering through life. You're just wandering your way through life. And furthermore, when you experience times of distress and times of great sorrow and pain, and there was tears that begin to come down your cheeks as you begin to experience hurt and pain and, and disappointment and regret like we all have from time to time. The Bible says that there is a jar, there's a bottle, amen, that he is, amen, if you will, collecting your tears. Amen. In other words, he sees every tear you cry. Amen. There's no tear that goes unnoticed by the God of heaven. Amen. He's watching everything that you say and do. Amen. He's saying, taking note. Okay, Brother Nate likes to go through this neighborhood at this particular time of day. Brother Paul likes to drive through this particular street. And you think, I'm just going home from work. Amen. But he's watching you. God's watching you. God's keeping his eyes upon your, upon his people. Amen. You say, well, I'm just experiencing some hurt and some pain. Perhaps it's a fatherless child. Perhaps, amen, it's, a, it's an estranged spouse. I don't know what it is that prompted you, amen, to weep some tears. But in that hard time of your life, Jesus was there with the bottle collecting those tears. And God has seen everything that you and I have experienced. And I will tell you tonight, you may have walked through some low valleys. You may have went through some dry spells and thought, God, I want deliverance. God, I want out. I want to tell you that God wants it more than you do. Amen. God is reaching. God's just waiting. Amen. God's in tune. He's not going to just kind of slap you out of there against your own will. But he's waiting for you to reach a point where you say, God, I'm going to give it all to you. He wants, amen, repentance. He wants a surrender life. He wants a soul, amen, to seek after him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Luke 12 and 7 says, But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Amen. Now, I love my wife. I love her a lot. Amen. I love her more. Amen. Since she gave me a baby. Amen. She's got that much more beautiful. I really love my little girl, Linnea. I love her so much. Amen. I didn't realize how much you could love the child. Amen. And I'm thinking, I was thinking the last few days, I'm probably going to call my parents pretty soon and say, thank you for changing my diaper and thank you for doing all these things that, you know, most kids don't even give the time of day to think about. Um, but I really love my wife. I really love my, my baby, Lene. But I will confess to you, I don't love them enough to count the hairs on their head. That would be a project. I couldn't even guess how many hairs are on Lene's head. And she came out with a lot of hair. Amen. My wife, not so much when she was born, but amen. It's all right. She's got beautiful hair now. <laughs> but... I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop to count Lene's hair on her head. Amen. If I did and somebody came with the house, I'm like, kind of crazy, bro. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> you know, they'd be like, hey, you all right? 
You know, you, you, you have you eaten today? Have you taken your meds? Whatever question it asks. But Jesus, the Bible says in Luke 12 and 7, even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Some of us are losing hair more than others. And God's keeping track of the subtraction as well as the addition for the younger folks. Amen. God's keeping track of it all. God knows the very hairs of our head. Amen. And that's how important we are in the eyes of God. Ye are of more value than many sparrows. I don't know the value of the sparrow. I will tell you that there's been a bird that's been uh, trying to build a nest in my home lately. And I've been getting a broom and chasing that little sparrow out of there. So I don't want to have a bird nest. But the Bible says that we are of more value than many sparrows. The, the value of the people that God is reaching for tonight, you and I, and the world at large is so very valuable. Amen. There's a parable in the Bible uh, that lets us to know about uh, a particular woman um, who had a coin. Um, and she she lost she had a, a set of coins and she lost one of the coins. And she the Bible says she went through all the house looking for that lost coin. There's stories that let us to know about the. Uh, the 90 and 9 uh, and the one lost sheep that went astray and how Jesus went, the shepherd went out looking for that one lost sheep to show you the value that you and I hold tonight. Amen. I don't know, perhaps you may have dealt with some things this week or, or been going through some stuff, but I want to remind you tonight, amen, you are of more value than many things, amen. The Bible says that many sparrows, the very hairs of your head are numbered. God saw what you were doing, amen, when you didn't think it was that important, to, amen. God was collecting the tears in a bottle, amen, and it's uh, Matthew 23 and 37 that lets us to know another side of Jesus. Matthew 23 and 37, Jesus says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Amen. Jesus, amen. God, the God of heaven, looks at us, amen, like that mother hen trying to collect the little baby chicklets, trying to, amen, bring them under her, under her wing, amen, that's the type of relationship and that's the way that God views you and I, amen, God doesn't want, amen, think bad things to happen to his people, but God wants to take them under his wing and God wants to have that relationship and God wants to provide that protection, amen, some of you may be asking, well, why didn't God keep me from going through what I went through. Why did God, amen, not rescue me when I first cried out to Him? And we have, may all, may have all these different questions and all these different, amen, things that we like to consider. But I want to tell somebody tonight that there are some times, amen, God allows us to go through things in life to prepare us for ministry, to prepare us, amen, for the, it's for the perfecting of the saints. There's some things in our lives that God has to get out from our lives. Amen. There are some elements in our lives that God says, Brother Paul, I don't like that attitude. I'm going to get rid of that attitude. Brother, 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 no, I don't like the way you did that. I'm going to get rid of that. And you're thinking, why am I going through these things? Why am I going through these struggles? Because God is trying to perfect His people. Amen. Perhaps God is allowing some people to go through some things that they might be able to handle the future blessing. 
Amen. You say, well, I'm ready right now for that promotion on my job. I'm ready right now for that raise. I'm ready right now for that financial breakthrough. But yet you struggle, amen, to give in the offering. You struggle to pay your tithe. You struggle to give to missions. And God's saying, I want to allow some things to happen in your life that you're going to be giving. You're going to be a giver. And you're going to be able to handle the future blessings that I want to give to you tonight. Amen. It's not the will of God that we be an impoverished people. Amen. Though we come to God many times impoverished and with the financial hardship and struggle. Amen. I want to tell you God does not want to leave us the way that he finds us. But God wants to lift his people higher. He wants to bring radical transformation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why didn't God keep me from going through what I went through? The young man wanting a wife, but perhaps not ready, wanting uh, somebody else wanting that raise or promotion, as we mentioned. Amen. There, there's sometimes a, a young man will say, I really want God to bless me with a good wife. Or the woman that says, I want God to bless me with a good husband. And yet we're still struggling to, to, make the, to meet the basic requirements of prayer and consecration and faithfulness in the house of God. And, and we're struggling in our commitment to God to live faithfully to God. And God's saying, I'm going to give you the husband when you become the wife that you need to become. I'm going to give you the wife that you're desiring when you become the man that I want you to become. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to handle it. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Lord. That's a truth. That is a truth. Sometimes, amen, we find ourselves still dealing with sickness or ailments or infirmities in our bodies. And I would tell you, maybe God wants to give you a testimony for somebody else or to help you to develop a stronger prayer life. Amen. Why am I still battling sickness? Why am I still dealing with ailments in my body? Could it be that God wants to draw you closer to Him? That you'll reach to Him in the midnight hour and say, Jesus, help me. Whereas otherwise you'd sleep comfortably through the night and you'd go comfortably through the day. You would not give God the time of day. Amen. But it was the sickness in your body. It was the struggle in your life and your family that brought you closer to where he was. I'm going to tell you today it's the king of glory that wants it more than you and I do. Amen. But he's allowing some things to happen in your life that you might come to a place where you run. You not and you begin to look out, and you begin to see Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And God says, "I've been looking for you, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, what? I'm the one on the tree looking for you. No, I'm looking for you. You weren't ready. You were hiding. You were hiding behind that cloak of sin. You were hiding behind that." That lifestyle you like to live, Zacchaeus. But now, you have expressed humility. You've climbed up a tree. What kind of rich man goes climbing trees? Hmm? Most rich men say, cut the tree down. You, 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 go cut it down. They don't get into trees and climb trees. But he was humbled. And he had a repentant heart. He said, God... I want, to, I want to make you happy, God. I want to please you. I'll give half of my goods. I'll give, I'll give it away, God. Because what has value in this life 
is not what you acquire and the material things that you acquire and you attain, but what has value is your relationship with God. Your relationship with God. Amen. It's not, do I have the newest pair of uh, Nike shoes? Do I got the coolest jumpsuit? Do I got the coolest uh, car on the road and the nicest 22-inch rims or, or the biggest, baddest system in the back of my car or whatever thing that you think is cool or valuable? Amen. That's not what's valuable. Amen. But what is valuable, Zach just realized it. Amen. I don't know if maybe this was the end of his life. Zach has finally came to grips with the fact that the thing that is valuable is what is my relationship with the God of heaven? Am I right with him? And somewhere along the line, Zacchaeus came to himself and realized, I need him more than I need another dose of drugs, another another high, another cigarette, another alcoholic drink, another promiscuous relationship more than I need more money. I need him. I need him. I need him. I need him. Amen. Some people, it takes a lot for God to get their attention. Some people, it takes the God of heaven getting down to where they are and shaking them up until they got nothing left. Until they're left with just the clothes on their back and no home and no money and no family and they're lost and they're abandoned. They're away from everybody else. For them to reach out to God. I know, man. And a few weeks ago, found himself in another state, a young man that I grew up with, a young man that we played ball with, he stayed the night at our house, had a lot of fun, good memories, just a lot of fun, just a fun guy. You meet him, hopefully you come here one day, you meet him, you love him. Fun guy. But he decided somewhere along the way, I'm going to pursue self. I don't need all this. I'm going to just do my thing. And was talking to him a few weeks ago. Found himself in another state here in the U.S. No family. No money. No job. A record. Wondering how, how am I going to make it? I can't get a job. And I don't have money. And I don't have family. And I'm on probation. I can't leave where I'm at. What do I do? In that moment, that young man began to reach out to God. But does it have to take that for you and I? God to take everything, uh, isolate you, and just put you. You're going to be right here, and you're not going to move. You can't move. You got nothing. What are you going to do? You're going to reach out to me. What does it take? I would tell you that God has been searching for that young man. God was saying, when? Are you going to allow me to take the reins of your life? When are you going to allow me to take control? When are you going to allow me to put my hand upon your life again? Hallelujah. Could we stand to our feet as the musicians come? The book of Psalms, chapter 40, verses 5, says, Many, O Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward, They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. He's saying the thoughts that God has towards us. They can't be reckoned with. There's no reconciling. How do you reconcile endless thoughts toward another person? 
He says, if I would declare and speak of them the thoughts that he has towards us. Pay attention to what I'm talking about tonight. The thoughts that he has towards you and I. The psalmist says, if I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, mine eyes hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then I, then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of, thy, of the book, it is written of me. Amen. The thoughts that he has for this church, for your family, for your unsaved spouse, for your unsaved children, the thoughts that he has towards your family, towards your future. You can't count them. You can't, you can't go back and say, I remember that thought he had towards me. You can't even remember the amount of thoughts God is always thinking about you and I. Amen. Some of you love your children. Many of you do. I think all of you do. But he thinks about you more than you think about your babies. His thoughts are always on this people here right now. The Bible says that furthermore in Psalms 139 and 17, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them if I should count them. They are more in number than the sand. And when I awake, I am still with thee. I was praying a week ago and felt God put this in my spirit. I was praying, God, I want revival, God. God, I want to see that wall come down. I want to see you feel this place. I want to see you change lives, God. I don't want to just see the, the number go up, God. I want to see the lives that you're going to change, the people that you're going to, to work in their lives. God, I want to see radical change. I want to see the alcoholic delivered. I want to see the drug addict come off the addiction, God. I want to see the broken marriages restored. I want to see, God, radical transformation. And that was my prayer. I was praying that God somehow help us to see it, God. Help us to see the revival you have in store for us. And I felt like God said back to me, I want it more than you do. Amen. You desire great things. Many of us have great desires in life. We want our kids to be saved. We want our family to be saved. We want to be blessed. We want a, we want a good home. We want, to, we want to find the right one. We want all these good things, good desires. God wants it more than you and I do. But somewhere along the way, we've got to say, God, help me to get in perfect alignment with your will. God, I wasn't right a year ago. But I stand here today, God, repentant sinner, God. God, I stand here today, God, surrender to you. God, I'm going to give all to you, God. God, I don't know, perhaps you're allowing me to go through things, God, that I might be able to, to be a witness, that I might be able to be a testimony. I'm going to tell you now, I don't know if I'll embarrass her, but amen, Sister Lauren went through a lot of things last year. A lot of things. Her and Brother Tim went through a lot of stuff. Amen. And there was many times, amen, that they probably wept and cried and thought, God, why did you allow this to happen in my life? God, why? And the only reason, amen, that I can come up with, amen, is because God was, pre God was preparing her, amen, to do what she's doing right now. And I'm going to tell you, amen, there's great.
things in our, in our ministry. There's bigger things ahead for Brother Tim. And there's greater things ahead for you and I tonight. There's greater things that God has in store for a sister Dee. Amen. For a brother Raul. Amen. There's a greater ministry. Amen. God wants it more than you and I do. But we've got to come, amen, to where we are and go to where he is. We've got to express the urgency of Zacchaeus. We've got to we've got to we've got to demonstrate that humility of Zacchaeus and that repentance of Zacchaeus and say, God, I really I want to change. I, I don't want to be the same. You say I'm not backslidden. That's all right. There's more that God has for you. There's 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 more that, that God wants you to go further, brother Noah. You say I've come a long ways. Yes, praise God. But it's further. Brother Jonathan, it's further. It's going beyond what you've ever experienced. Brother Miguel, it's going, it's going way past what you've seen before. It's going further. God, take me further. God, I, I want what you have for me. Isn't it the Lord that said, I have gone to prepare a place for you? I want the nice things in life. We all do. He's already working on it. I've prepared a place for you. Amen. Could we lift our hands right now as we conclude here tonight? And could we just talk to the Lord? Just, just, just you and Him. If you could, for a few moments, could you block everybody else out of your mind, out of your, your thoughts right now? Just you and Him. Jesus. You're seeking, you're seeking God tonight. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, to give life and that more abundantly. You say, I've experienced life, but have you experienced abundance and living tonight? Come on, I think we need to lift our voices a little bit louder to the Lord. Come on, I think we need to lift our voices unto the King tonight and magnify Him and glorify Him and worship Him tonight. Oh, as she sings unto the Lord, come on, why don't we worship Him? Jesus, I want what you have for my life. God, I know you've got great things in store, but it's with it's with Zacchaeus begin to run to a dream and climb that dream and put his eyes upon you. Then he begin to experience deliverance. And hope came walking through the front door.